Hey everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, it's Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How's it going, James? It's going pretty good, man. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, you want to go over your trades from last week? Yeah, so it looks like on Monday I sold another call against my FXI shares. Um, I think I picked them up around 39 or something like that. So I sold the 40 call. Um, so I have that. Looks like that expired. Uh, they finished pretty low, so that was another max profit. I think that's two weeks in a row. I sold calls against them, so I'm going to go out and probably sell the 40 again um, if I can get something for it. I know it's pretty far out of the money, um, so I'm not really looking to make a lot of money there. But you know, it's kind of my barrier. I'd be okay if you know they ripped up to 40 above 40, and then the shares got called away. So I'm going to keep kind of targeting that area right now and uh, keep grabbing credit every week that I can. And then um, I also dumped my EWZ shares. So I think, I wanna say I got assigned on a put or something and ended up with some EWZ shares and I wasn't really paying too much attention to the chart. I know they were cooking for a while cause they were down at 26 at one point. And um, I just pulled up their chart real quick and saw that they were overbought pretty badly on the daily. Um, let me check the weekly really quick. Not quite on the weekly yet. They still got some room to run there. But just looking at the daily chart, I'm like, oh, these guys are probably going to die off a little bit and cool off a little bit. Um, so I dumped my shares when they were at 33.44. Um, they're down under 33 now. Looks like they closed at 32.80. Um, so I'm definitely looking to get back into that, but I want to see like a little bit of a retracement here. Um, cause I think they got quite a bit of room to run to the upside. I mean, at one point they were up at like $42. So, um, yeah, I dumped my EWZ shares and then it looks like I sold a call on XLF. So this is for March monthlies. A look here. I think this might be like financial ETF or something. Uh, let me make sure here. Yeah, financial select sector. So sold a call there, uh, 41 call. So that's expiring March monthlies. And then also I've not played EWJ in a while. And this one is uh, Japan ETF, I think. Yeah. So it's the iShares uh, Japan ETF. Um, I went put side on that. I went pretty far out of the money. I went to the 58 put. I want to say the delta on it was like 15 or 20. So I went a little further away from the money than I usually do. Um, but I still got a decent amount of credit for it. So um, just kind of looking at the way markets are right now, I'm expecting, you know, a little bit more room to the downside. You know, we could see still a pretty good move down. So I want a little bit more range there um and it looks like i also had a short put on fxi um that was deep in the money and i was able to roll it for a credit from february to march uh, so i rolled that thing out a month and 
grab some more credit. And then uh, one of the trades that got me pretty good on the put side was DIA for my monthly contracts for February. Um, I didn't go max loss on it, um, but it was pretty close. Uh, so I had to buy that back. It was a five wide and I bought it back for 353. So that one kind of got me on the put side. Um, and then also I didn't have to buy it back or anything, but the queues also burned me on the put side. I went max loss on a put spread I had sold on the queues. Um, and yeah, NASDAQ is struggling pretty bad. Um, also, looks like I rolled, yeah, I think last week I had opened up, um, the week before I sold a put on Pinterest because they were beat down so badly. I was just like, oh man, like how much more are they going to get beat down? So I sold a 25 put. And then of course the market sold off pretty hard. So <laughs> they moved a little bit lower. Um, so that thing was in the money, not by a ton, but it was in the money. So I was able to grab credit um, to roll it out another week. So I uh, rolled that thing out. And then also, what is this one? Oh, I rolled my XLE. So this one's deep in the money on me right now. It's a um, energy, I think, ETF. And they have just been ripping. Um so it's pretty deep in the money, and I was just like, I'm still expecting at some point here, you know, eventually, might take a while, but I would expect energy to kind of cool off. Um, they've been living in the overbought for a while. They finally made a little bit of a move down um, on the daily. Uh, check out the weekly chart. Oh, geez, on the weekly, yeah, they're overbought, pretty much overbought still. Uh, so I think I'm just going to keep rolling this thing. Um and just wait for it to kind of cool off and keep grabbing credit. Um, also, I've been in this position for a while, and I want to say I keep rolling it, but I still have a 17 put on a GPS, uh, which is GAP, and I think it just keeps finishing in the money on the monthlies. So I just keep rolling it out to the next month um, and just keep grabbing credit. But man, these guys fell through the 16 level recently here, which looks pretty key. So man, how much lower they're going to go. But um, I'm just going to keep rolling the thing. If I can just keep rolling it and grabbing credit, um, you know, hopefully they'll kind of bottom out at some point here. And eventually this thing will finish out of the money. And then I also looks like I rolled out a put on XLRE. So I think this one was in the money by a buck or something. Um, so I rolled that put out and grabbed some credit to get that thing into March. So that one is a real estate select sector fund. So yeah, just, uh, in the money on the put side. So I'm going to keep rolling that thing as well. Keep grabbing credit and kind of wait for it to recover. There you go. Roll till you're right. Yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing about the cheaper priced ETFs, um, I can really do it, but like on the queues in DIA, once you have that long leg and it goes deep in the money, you're screwed. So that's why I kind of like these, you know, things like EWZ and FXI and stuff, because they can make pretty decent moves down and get pretty deep in the money. And then like I can still get fat credit. So yeah, with uh, these cheaper price ETFs, you can definitely, you know, truly keep rolling until you're right, no matter like what happens or like how low it goes. Yeah, I just pulled up uh, Gap's chart, and looks like they have earnings on the third. So hopefully <laughs> they'll get a pump off of that, and you know get it out of the money for you. Their last earnings was 
tra- or their last guidance was trash, I think. So yeah, I'm not. Oh yeah, massive gap down. Yeah, I'm not feeling great about it, but like, I don't know, man. I'll just keep rolling that thing. Oh damn, IVs at 100% or the IV percentile. Maybe I'll play them. Yeah, maybe go out and like sell another put, like I don't know, down at like 10 bucks or. Have to I was gonna say you can probably <laughs> sell something around like five bucks and get paid for it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, let me pull my stuff up. I did, again didn't have a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, so I had a call vertical I sold on X that expired on Friday. Uh, went max profit on that. It was super close, uh, but ended up finishing out of the money. Uh, so I went max profit. Then I got into uh, last week I sold a call spread on AA. And like every freaking oil stock just will not stop. So I'm looking at the chart and I'm like, okay, this thing's got to freaking die off soon. And then I, I'm guessing because of the whole Russia crap going on right now, it didn't. All oil is just going to the moon no matter what. Uh, so, and I texted you this on Friday. I was so pissed off. I, no, 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 Thursday. I was going to close this out. It didn't seem like it was going to come back. It was deep in the money. Uh, it wasn't super deep in the money on Thursday, but it was deep enough that I was like, okay, they're not going to die. I think they had to die like three and a half percent or something uh, by Friday to be out of the money. And I went to a customer's house and I was supposed to just look at something. And then it was like, uh, I don't know, 1230 or something. So I was going to go look at something and then I was going to close out of the position for it wouldn't have been max loss, but, you know, a loss. And the dude wanted to just talk forever. And by the time I got in my truck, markets are closed. And I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't freaking close out of that position. So next morning, they're kind of doing their thing, dumping everything. And then you would uh, text me like, well, can you roll it for a credit? So I checked it out. And once again, one of these early morning things didn't have my coffee yet. So I click on uh, roll position, see what it is. And it was uh, said like 35 bucks, I think it was. So in my head, not being awake. I thought that that was closing the position, so I hit, boom, oh. sent. I was like, all right, there's got to be some weird pricing in the options. It's probably not going to get filled, but might as well try. And then when it got filled, I was like, holy crap. I got out of that position for a sl- just a very small loss, and then I realized I had rolled it, and I just immediately closed out of that position. So uh, long story short, it would, AA kept on blasting off anyway, so I would have went max loss uh, and had to buy it back for 100 bucks which is what after my stupid roll uh, and buying back the roll uh, cost me anyway. So it didn't, you know, didn't do any major harm, but it was just stupid, just uh, another stupid play, not doing things uh, according to my plan. Then I had uh, PayPal. This is the other one that got me. Uh, PayPal just will not stop dumping, man. I had a put spread on them that was fairly, when I sold it, fairly far out of the money. And they just kept on, kept on dying. And I went max loss on that. Uh, the other one, I went max profit on a call spread on T, uh, TMUS, which is T-Mobile. And I went max profit on Clorox. Clorox was like damn near max profit really quick after I put the trade on. But, you know, you know, when things start getting like out of the money, you can't close things out because it's not very liquid. But yeah, Clorox, as soon as I put that uh, put trade on or the put vertical on, they just kept on ripping for whatever reason. I have no idea why when the markets are dumping, Clorox is flying, but went max profit on that one. 
and that was all of them. Nice. Um, yeah, I was looking at X just now, and I did not realize that it played off of this uh, trend line on the daily time frame, like on uh, August 18th, kind of peaked out, had a big sell-off, made a big rip higher November 8th. It ran up to a point, kind of left a wick sticking out, and then it came up again in early January and rejected that level again, and when it just rallied up... <laughs> It hit that trend line, uh, tried to blast through it, couldn't get through it, and then left a big wick sticking out on the top end. So, yeah, I didn't even realize that it played, like, perfectly off of that trend line on the daily time frame. Yeah, that's one of the things that kept me in the trade was the uh, – what the hell are these called? It's that Mobius script I have on my uh, on my charts. At, it's kind of auto trend lines and, uh, like, support and resistance. So it had automatically drawn that line. So when I saw it hit that level and, you know, they blasted through that trend line, but same day they just sold off super hard as mm. soon as they broke through it. So I was like, okay, I think we're going to be all right in this trade. Yeah, I didn't even see that. I know you went like pretty much right at the money. Uh, but yeah, it died off on that pretty nicely. Um, yeah, I forgot about a few other things. You know, I didn't cover any of the things that I actually, uh, you know, expired max profit on, but I forgot my Chegg. So I've been selling this these 30 calls against Chegg for like months. I pick up these shares when they were like 25 bucks and they keep kind of rallying up to around 30. Sometimes they go above 30, they get below it. And with the big market sell off, I really thought I was going to be out of the shares this time because at one point I want to say they were up at like 32 or 33 bucks or something. They were cooking pretty good. Let me pull up their chart. Yeah, they went up to like, yeah, 32, $33. So right before this uh, latest market sell off, um, it was pretty deep in the money. And I think I text you and I was like, hey, looks, I'm losing my Chegg shares. But, you know, um, then the market's dumped and they finished at like 28.20. So now I'm in the position where that's just out of the money and I'm probably going to get a fat credit. So um, that's another thing that expired uh, was my short call on Chegg. So I'm going to go out and probably sell another call there. And then in a previous podcast, I think you had alerted me to uh, ticker DB Deutsche Bank. And they were like, I didn't realize they were above four ATR until today, but they were cooking like overbought. And that was another one that uh, expired. And then, uh, so I went max profit on that. And then I forgot also about NPC. So I know on the last uh, podcast, I think I talked about my NPC weekly call that I made like a dollar on. <laughs> this one uh, worked out a little better. It was an 82 and a half call. And yeah, they finished at like 77 bucks or something. So um, yeah, worked out a little better for me on NPC this week. Yeah, that's what I noticed. A lot of oil stuff is kind of petering out. Like, um, God, what are the other freaking oil tickers? What's AA? Exxon? <laughs> no, yeah, AA is the only one that keeps on like going, going parabolic. Um, yeah, X, uh, XOM, yeah, they made a big move down from 83 to 77. So, yeah, they kind of look like NPC's chart. They had a nice little move out of the overbought area. Yeah, exactly. That's what like every oil stock looks like <laughs> NPC and XOM, except for Alcoa. I don't know what the hell different they are, but, God, they just keep on ripping, man. And I'm scared. Of, I'm scared to sell calls on them at this point. Yeah, it's because you traded them, so that's going to be the one that you know. Hey, I look at their geez. Yeah, they're just living in the oak, dude. I'm going to have to sell a call now. Like looking at Watch your ass. 
<laughs> how they're still cooking. It's like, this is dumb. I'm going to <laughs> have to sell a call on this, man. It's probably going to burn me, but I'm going to do it anyways. All right, so uh, what was the topic we were going over this week? Oh, I think you were we were talking about it, and you were saying you wanted to cover um, when you're doing options trading. Sometimes you can see some pretty wild swings and profit loss um, in your account, and I think maybe you were seeing uh, some of this stuff lately in your account, and I know I've seen it. Um, sometimes it can just be the stupid pricing. Sometimes you'll see a ridiculous you know, bid or ask or and something will be like way out of price. But, you know, then sometimes you just have something too that's just deep in the money and, you know, you have time to expiration and like you just see a lot of fluctuation in your profit loss when you're trading options. Yeah, that's what it was because this week was freaking wild, man. My account would be <laughs> down 8% one day and then the next day up 6% and I'm just crazy <laughs> fluctuations. And it's not... It, this is the you know $1,000 account that I'm talking about, so any decent move is going to be kind of exaggerated because it's not a whole lot of capital in this account. But it, if you're trading options, period, because they're leveraged and like you can kind of figure out what the fluctuations will be like uh, if you kind of know the Greeks and you go over them. But it's just something that especially – well, not just selling options because I guess buying would be the same thing, but just trading options in general – is just get used to seeing massive fluctuations uh, in your account and don't, you know, freak out about it because like that one day, I, I want to say it was like Wednesday, I was down like eight, eight point something percent in the account, but everything was looking pretty good. I mean, um, three of the five trades I had on were moving in the direction I needed them to, but it was just one of those, you know, things like the option pricing gets kind of screwy when things go deep in the money and it's just one of those things you have to uh realize that you know just have a plan have you know price action you're looking at per ticker and just stick with that plan and don't freak out when you know it says you're down 10 percent in one day because with options you know them being leveraged you're going to see some wild swings yeah for sure and something i thought of uh, when you mentioned that as a topic was like probability, you know, we look at that a lot uh, when we're doing options trades. Um, you know, sometimes we'll be straight up directional, but then a lot of the times we'll just be doing like a high probability. You know, it might be like selling a 20 delta uh, call or a put or, you know, even sometimes a 15 or something. Um, it's pretty far away from the money. So you still have that high probability that the thing's going to finish out of the money at expiration. But then you have other factors like, you know, probability of touch. So a lot of the times you'll see that you have a really high probability options trade and then the underlying will just make this big move and it'll, you know, touch or it'll go at the money or it'll go in the money. Sometimes it might even go deep in the money, but a lot of the times, you know, when things make big moves lower or big moves higher, they revert to the average or they revert to the mean. And, you know, that high probability trade still ends up working out for you. But yeah, there's times before expiration where you're definitely going to have things going in the money. Sometimes they might go deep in the money. Um, and yeah, you'll, you like you're saying, sometimes you'll see yourself down big on a trade and then all of a sudden expiration rolls around and, you know, the thing fell out of the money or it's like barely in the money. And yeah, you can definitely see uh, big swings for sure. 
Yeah, and I see it a lot more in like uh, when I'm trading not very liquid stuff, like uh, just options pricing being absolutely stupid. Like, uh, what was it? Colgate, I believe. Is that ticker CL? Is that Colgate? I think so, yeah. That's the trade that I was... Yep. uh, I don't remember when I put it on, but it was completely out of the money, and it was expiration day and everything, and I couldn't freaking close out of it because there was just no one there that wanted to buy the position, and it ended up... I don't remember if that one screwed me or not. I want to say I did get screwed on that. Well, like no one, I couldn't close out of the position at all. And then, oh, that's what it was. It was very close to being in the money or just barely in the money at uh, on expiration day. And I was just assuming TD was going to close it out because they like doing that to me. So they didn't close it out. And I'm trying and trying to close it out for, you know, just save, you know, 20, 10 bucks, whatever it was. I was going to go max loss on it. Uh, besides, and I couldn't close it out at all, uh, even when they direction because there was just you know there was no liquidity to it. There was no one that wanted to take the freaking contracts. Yeah, I'm looking at them right now on their chart, and they had a pretty nice uh, yeah. Well, a lot of stuff had a pretty nice move down lately, but their last two candles Thursday thursday what is going on there i mean i know they had a good sell off but like geez they had a fat bullish engulf and then friday was another green candle you compare that against a lot of other stocks this past week and that's kind of weird to see them have this crazy strength because like friday i'm pretty sure was a bloodbath yeah that's yeah they do have a freaking trippy chart well just like cold <laughs> um clorox mm-hmm. i don't know are these like uh household product companies making some massive rip for some reason yeah toothpaste and alcohol wipes i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's weird oh yeah it's yeah you're right thursday and friday for clorox are like what what is that all about yeah that's i don't know i i have a theory 100 percent conspiracy that clorox sells products to the military and with all this talk about the russia thing going on I think people are just buying in just like uh, Raytheon and crap. Yeah, maybe Colgate's selling a bunch of toothpaste too. I don't know, man. But (laughs) that's weird because you look at the Q's or DIA or like any, you know, major index and Thursday and Friday are ugly. And then you look at those two tickers and it's like they're just doing their own thing. But yeah, I don't know. That's kind of crazy because looking at the markets dump hard on Thursday and Friday like that. And then looking at these, you know, uh, Colgate for sure. It's like, man, I kind of want to go long. I mean, it bounced right off of that on the daily bounced right off the 30 RSI and then ripped hard. So yeah, I don't know. That might be a, a good long entry. Yeah. They definitely don't give a crap what the uh, indexes are doing. <laughs> yeah, they can have that kind of a strength on a day where, you know, NASDAQ's down 3%. It's like, there might be bulls might be back in control. Just that bullish engulf there has me thinking it's, you know, it might at least go up and try to touch the 21. I, yeah. I guess if you threw up a trend line kind of there, um, could kind of look for it to run up there and test a level, but yeah, I think they might pump a little higher and then kind of see what happens. Maybe once they hit that downtrend line, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Keep an eye on those two. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything else you want to go over on the topic? Uh, no, I think the main thing was just like that probability of touch and, 
uh, probability and the money because, yeah, those numbers are definitely different. And, yeah, a lot of stuff that seems like super high probability and you you don't got to worry about it, a lot of times it's going to get tested and it might even go in the money. And then, you know, most of the time when it's all said and done, you know, if you if you freaked out and like closed out the contract and didn't uh, trust the probabilities, you know, you could be losing a lot of money because we've seen it, especially on stuff that's like uh, overbought. It's just ripping, ripping, ripping. And, you know, like any day or any week, it's going to die off. So if you go out and sell a call against that, it's probably going to go in the money because, you know, the bulls are ramming it up. But eventually people take profit. And then, yeah, you know, sometimes you can just sit back and trust a lot of times, most, you know, almost every time, to be honest, you can sit back and trust the probabilities and you're not going to win like 100 percent of the time. But, man, you're going to have a really high win rate if you're out there, you know, s- selling things like 15 deltas, 20 deltas, even 30 deltas. You're going to be winning a lot and you're going to have swings in your account. You know, if you're really looking at your profit and loss every day. You know, that might scare you a little bit, but when you look at it overall and like over the long run, um, you know, if you can keep yourself like disciplined and not freak out about seeing those red days in your account, I think you can do really good. Yeah, and I think maybe next week we can talk about it. I don't want to go too long on this one because it's kind of a different topic, but uh, keeping your losses, not going max loss on crap that you know uh, is going to kill you, especially trading options like this week. I had more winners than losers, but I lost my ass because mm-hmm. those two uh, max loss trades that I had completely annihilated any sort of profit that I had and then some. So when you're trading, you know, leverage things like options, if like if I could have closed out of AA, I what it what pissed me off about that is I know in Thinkorswim there's an option that you can do a time uh a time to close. So I could have just set that, you know, before I went over to the dude's house and been like, okay, close this, you know, five minutes before, uh, close of today. And it would have automatically did it for me. And I wouldn't have went max loss after that massive rip on Friday, but you know, I didn't do it, but that's another thing we can talk about. Uh, maybe next week is you can have more winners than losers when trading options, but depending on how you're doing it, you're, you know, you could lose your ass. Yeah, definitely the way I try to do it is like get a lot of trades on because I definitely know I'm not going to win them all. And if I only get like, you know, three or four trades on, then yeah, one of them is going to probably set me even. And then two of them is definitely going to hose me. So yeah, like I try to get on a lot of trades um, just for that reason because I know some are going to go against me. And then like sometimes I get lucky. I think one month I had like a... 90 something percent win rate or something it was really stupid i think like only one trade went against me for the whole month but that was pretty r- rare i usually have you know uh, if i'm putting on like 15 or 20 trades i'm usually having like two to five go against me um so yeah you definitely have to put yourself in a position where um you know over the long haul like you're saying those couple losers you know, aren't going to take away all your profits over the long run. But yeah, I guess a different topic for a different show. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, did you have any tickers you were looking at going into next week? Um, kind of mentioned it earlier. I have to sell 
uh, what do I have to sell? But I'm going to sell it again. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta sell this, man. Uh, The hedge funds are manipulating me into forcing me to sell things. Uh, (laughs) I got, I'm going to sell that 30 call again on Chegg because I picked up the shares at 25 and I've just been playing that thing and it just keeps working out for me. So I'll probably sell a call there. And then that's, FXI as well. I kind of mentioned that if I can get a decent amount of credit there, I'm going to go out and uh, sell probably a 40 call if it's worth anything. Um, And then what else here? I think that's because you already dumped my EWZ shares. So I think I've got to go or I'm going to go into the April monthlies, I guess, because we just hit February expiration. So yeah, I might also be looking at hitting EWJ um, for April monthlies, which is that Japan ETF, and then maybe uh, EWW. So I've been playing EWW for several months, and I believe this is the Mexico ETF, and I think I've just been selling calls against it. And like right now, I'm up over 50% on my March monthly and I went max profit on my February monthly, so uh, let me pull up their chart and see what in the world they've been up to. Yeah, they're riding high again. They're still, I mean, they're pretty close to this all-time high here, around 51, 52 bucks. Um, so with the RSI above the midline, I might just keep selling, you know, I might sell another call uh, against EWW for April. Nice. Uh, yeah, I just have a t- uh, couple I want to talk about, uh, and this is what would be like a long position or, you know, selling puts, and that's Procter & Gamble. On Thursday, got a buy signal uh, from the VDL scan, and they're, I, t- I don't know, man, Procter & Gamble, Colgate, all these <laughs> things just don't give a damn oh, about the market. Well, they had Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday were all green days. So, yeah, you're right. They're right there with those other tickers. <laughs> they've been on the daily. They've been squeezing for a while. Yeah. They might be ready to, I don't know, fire to the upside. Yeah, I could see them going and testing that high, that like 165-ish. Yeah, they've been trying. What is that, like? Four, yeah, like four times or something. They try to bust through there and couldn't. So yeah, maybe see another run up there. And the other one was uh, Cisco ticker S or S C S C O. If I can talk, uh, same thing. They didn't give a damn about what the indexes were doing. And th- I mean, they had earnings. What was that? The 16th and made like a little move off of that, but then just made a massive rip on. Uh, Right. So he's man. I just busted through that 21. Um, yeah, they kind of played off of a longer term support going back to October. Uh, it looks like they bounced off that 53, 54 level, came a little bit below it in November, kind of some wild candles and stuff there, but it pretty much rejected that 53, 54 level. And then they came right down to it again. And then, yeah, what? man, what happened after earnings there? Must be some news or something going on. But, yeah, that's looking like a pretty good uh, long position right now. Yeah, I I think minimum they're going to come up and hit that, like, 50, I don't know, 58 and a half level. But Mm -hmm. more than likely, I I see them hitting, like, 60. So i got to figure out how I'm going to play them. Mm. All right. um, So I had one website thing, uh, one website news 
and that's I had I still haven't uploaded the VDL scanner and uh, indicator, but came with this new one, and it's called WST Trend Strength, and the whole idea it's like super customizable, and the idea is there are four different uh, moving averages that you can choose from, and on the let me pull it up real quick the settings. So it measures the uh, angle that the moving average is at to determine the strength of a trend. So right now, like default, it's set to uh, length one is just uh, one. So that would be, you know, kind of useless because it's, you know, what did the candle do that day? But then next one I have set uh, length two at five, which is five trading days. Uh, Link three I have set to 21 because there's 20 to 21 uh, trading days in a month. And then uh, the last one is uh, 253, which is the average uh, trading days in a year. So just in b- being able to see, you know, the angle in degrees uh, that the moving average is at seems to be pretty. It's just looking at the chart, and I I haven't messed with it too much, but just looking at it and then looking at the price action seems to work if you're looking at, you know, that shorter time frame. And it goes green, and then you know that next time frame goes green. Then it seems to indicate that you know you're going to see a pretty good rip. And like I said, the thing I made this one like the most customizable that I have made anything. So you can change all of those links if you want to do something else. If it doesn't fit your time frame that you trade on, whatever, uh, you can change what you think uh, a strong uptrend or strong, strong downtrend is. So, you know, I have it set to 0.3 right now and it's not in actual degrees. Uh, so you just have to mess with it. But to me, that seems like a good setting. If you don't like that, it doesn't fit your time frame or whatever tick you're trading, change it. Uh, you can change which type of, uh, moving average it is from uh, right now. Default uh, is exponential, but if you like simple, go ahead and change it. So, um, going to be uploading that one to the website and i don't think i sent that one to you yet no i don't remember getting that one all right yeah i'll send it over to you as soon as this is over and then get it up on the website for everyone sweet all right man that's all i had cool uh yeah just one last thing here futures are all up but if russia invades that's going to disappear in the morning God, what a <laughs> wild swing. They were down like 1%. <laughs> the start. Yeah, I was looking at it and they were going way down, like right at, you know, open. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And then all of a sudden I checked it later and everything was green. I'm like, what happened? Did Russia supposedly pull the troops back again? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's got to be every news story from American intelligence is Russia's going to do this on this day. And then every story from Ukraine is like, why the hell didn't the U.S. tell us? We didn't know anything about this. And then uh, it's, I, I don't know. seems propaganda to me, but whatever. Yeah, I think like once the news story gets out there that it's going to happen, the markets tank. And then, you know, maybe people are buying. And then right after that, the story comes out about how it's not going to happen. <laughs> and then NASDAQ rips 2%. And then after that, oh, no, no, no. The troops aren't backing out. They're actually sending more to the Ukraine border. Nancy's husband must be short cues. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's probably all manipulation, man. That's what I think it is. Freaking hedge funds in bed with Putin. Russia, <laughs> Russia collusion. Exactly. Yep. All right, man. I got to get out of here. All right, man. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos. You can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to WSTrades.com. Thanks again.